0: Welcome to the Carbilline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Carbilline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Mr. Paul, wait for it. A Jamis and Paul. I feel like we have a little housekeeping we have to take care of. Last episode, two weeks ago, we heard yep. the first part of our interview with Bob Chalker from AMP, and we we discussed a lot of the things going on now that Mace and SSPC are merged. But you might have noticed something was
0: missing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it caught my attention too that we actually did cha- make a change. Yeah, I didn't tell you, did I? I just kind of did it. Yeah. Well, we knew we had talked about that. It was a plan yeah. that we might do it, but I didn't know that the decision had actually come through. And so basically what we're alluding to is you'll notice on YouTube, we're no longer putting on the full episode of the carb tech service podcast. Yeah. We've got a new, a new plan, a new person helping us with some of the work that we're doing with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's got a different idea.
1: Yeah. So we're just going to follow that. And uh, honestly, I think, about 30 of you might notice a difference. So uh, we're going to get back to the basics, back to our roots, back to the audio version of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. It doesn't mean there won't be more to come from Carboline on YouTube. In fact, I would expect there to be more there. It just won't be Paul ugly faces. So with that, <laughs> here's part two of the Bob Chalker interview where we discuss a little bit more about AMP in the industry as a whole. You're more than just corrosion and coatings, right? And I, and I noticed this January you guys actually just partnered with the FDA to become part of their network of experts. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Part of that really did come out of the merger. So this was one of the early successes. Now we do we have a board member from Israel who is very active in the food processing activity, drug manufacturing and recognized that corrosion was a potential issue and through One of his contacts, he had made a recommendation to a person on staff at FDA that, hey, did you know this organization was out there and they may be able to help you? And so they reached out to us. In fact, it was funny because I got an email from the FDA and my first thought was it was spam and I was going to lead it. And my second thought thought was fear. What did we do wrong? Uh, <laughs> cause it really came out of nowhere. Um, and then my third thought was, well, I ought to open it. So let's see what's going on. And it was an invitation to join their network of experts and found out later that it was prompted through this board member. I'm not going to say his name cause I don't have his permission. I don't think he would mind, but through this board member and, um, we had discussions with them, and really it's a group of people that they tap into as they have technical issues they have to deal with. So, as the Food and Drug Administration is doing its work, whether it's keeping us safe from poor food manufacturing or bad design of food manufacturing or drugs or whatever, or setting new policy or uh, putting regulations in place, they tap into their technical experts. And so We have to make some commitments, we have to be able to respond quickly, provide an expert, but we're a really good company. If you go to their website and look at the list of experts they have on board, these are world-class organizations. And and we are a little unique, because if you look at them, you see a lot of medical-related ones, and biotech, and science, and Mm -hmm. not so much in our world, but they recognize, you know, there are materials, there are failures that happen because of material failure, in the food and drug processing industry so we're excited about that like like you said
1: materials opens up a whole new world right it really does yeah. I'll,
2: I'll give you another one we've been invited by an organization that is in the additive manufacturing space and okay. they needed technical standards written around the material failures of you know used it or failure of the materials used in additive manufacturing The failure mode there, it probably isn't corrosion because the material is not a metal-based material, but we're going to be, it looks like we're going to be developing the standards for them on material failure. So we've already started to see some of those little wins from the positioning of the organization in the right place. So as a member, you're telling me that I
0: need to be watching for new standards committees to be being formed if I want to (laughs) participate.
2: Yeah, you may. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So... Well, we hope, you know, I, I laugh a little bit about that, but I, I believe one of our responsibilities for the industry we represent is to open new opportunities for the members and the companies you work for to grow and to go into other spaces. So if we can open into a space where maybe Carboline or, or other companies in the industry have not been before, and that opens a little bit of a door that allows you to come into that industry, that's a good thing. That's, that's part of what our responsibility
0: is. As a consumer, I enjoy seeing when one part of the industry is able to help another one with things that they hadn't thought of, didn't know about, or didn't understand. So an area where they've had failures that they maybe they didn't understand or didn't have standards to help govern it, but we've been dealing with, that's fantastic for us to be able to offer that.
2: Yeah. So I'll give you a big one right now. And it's, it's all over the news. And that was the condo collapse in Florida, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, and, and you guys probably are watching it closely as well, because there is a coatings aspect to this. But pretty early on in the investigation, it was realized that at least a contributor to the failure was a waterproof coating that was not maintained properly and failed. And then corrosion of the rebar in the concrete. Can't say it's the root cause, but it clearly had an effect. Mm-hmm. And so we've been very involved with that. As soon as we understood what was going on, we put together a response team made up of staff and members. Um, that staff team has technical experts on it, and we started reaching out to governments and the media and, and others. And, and so where are some of the things that have started to come into play? You may remember that the uh, Biden administration asked the NITS, to put a investigative team in place to investigate, not to find blame, but to understand what happened so that we yeah. can prevent it from happening. It's not the criminal investigation or that legal investigation. It's a group of scientists and engineers to look at. Looks like we're going to be involved in that. We've had, uh, we've had discussions with them. We, there is a, uh, a seminar that is, in fact, I think it's next week, in Florida, on this topic and on this issue, where uh, we're going to have representation on that committee and at that event, bringing that corrosion view to it, uh, we've done interviews. In fact, one of the interviews, there was a magazine that goes to condo association officers and uh, the people who work with condo associations, and we did an article for them on okay, what to look for, because you can imagine there's a lot of condo associations that are pretty scared right now, and yeah. might have the same problem, so. We gave them some information through that magazine article, but and there's a bunch of other things happening. It looks like there may be a, an initiative in South Carolina coming up, but it's exactly what you said, Paul. We're able to now go and talk to people who never had this on their radar screen, were not yeah. aware, didn't understand it. There's a fear now. How do we help them through the fear into being proactive so that they're not finding themselves in this situation? So it has been um you know, another, I think a, a win for the organization. And again, positioning the industry in the value, because the places who know us, oil and gas and yep. maritime, they know us and they know they do a good job. Well, they do yeah, good job. I won't <laughs> say a great job. They do a good job. Um, <laughs> there are so many places that people aren't paying attention to it. They almost think it's inevitable. And
0: Well, they build it out of concrete because it lasts forever. Right, right. They don't realize all the work that's going on behind the scenes to make sure that it stays in good shape and there's not detrimental things happening that you just can't see at the surface level and, and exactly
2: or yeah. that when that you get that report that says there's this a little bit of surface damage it's not just to make it look pretty right you need to make sure right. the repair is done properly <laughs> yep.
1: Absolutely. Uh, one more thing that I, I, I want to ask you before we go. And that is I want to talk to you about the standards. So NACE had standards, SSPC had standards, there were joint standards. And you know, most of the standards had the association as the first part of the name of the standard. So if it was a NACE standard, it had NACE, SSPC standard had SSPC. How, how are those going to be named moving forward?
2: Yes. Great question. So as you said, they had names and it was, it, it's more than that. Those names of those standards are embedded in industry specifications and regulations, and even some laws reference the standards. In most cases, they reference it by the name, you know, yeah. name XYZ or SSPC XYZ. And so we recognize that the task team that I talked about that worked last year said, you know, we have to be really careful here. So, Those names, NACE and SSPC, are not going to go away in the short term. By the way, same with the QP program and some of the other things uh, where we know that that brand is embedded in the industry. We're not going to rush to change it. Eventually, it will change over the long term. But for now, and I see for quite a while, we'll continue to go forward using them. New ones? we'll start to use the AMP name, but the ones that are there, because the last thing we want to do is change the name of a standard, and then you know somebody's trying to follow a spec or a regulation and can't find the standard. That, that would just be dumb. So we, what we did is we recognized when we created AMP that the nascent SSPC brands still have a lot of power in the industry, and it would not be smart to just throw away that brand equity. And so we're going to continue to use it in the right places not exactly a perfect example, but think of General Motors that has Chevy and Buick, right? Or yeah. Marriott Hotels that has the Courtyard and Marriott and, and various names. You, under the umbrella of the parent company, you can still use other names. Master Painters Institute isn't going away. So you can still use those brands to position your products and services in the right place. And that's going to be our strategy um, for, a while, for quite a while going forward
1: so awesome actually when this airs i will be just getting back from the uh f- i think first master painters institute conference oh you're gonna go great i'm going
2: yeah, yeah i'll be there so yeah. awesome awesome yes it'll be the first one ever and it's just bringing together a group of people that you know when we acquired mpi we recognized some things in that that we could get synergy. One of it is they had a process, but we thought the process could really use improvement. They had some really good technical standards. They had some education materials that the content was good, but the delivery wasn't so good. And if you look at what our strengths are, quality delivery, we know how to write standards really well. We're pretty good at processes. But one of them was increasing the ability to bring the industry together through conferences and things like that, which we do well we were all set to do that. And then a merger and COVID came along and sort of disrupted everything <laughs> that we had planned. We're finally being able to get back to what we had as a vision for MPI. So I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Awesome. Well, hey, Bob, thanks for coming on the show. Happy to be here anytime. Uh, love telling the story. I think it's a great story to tell. And thank you to you guys too for taking time to let your listeners hear what's going on. And, and also um, for the support of AMP. Carballing has been a phenomenal supporter of AMP and and NACE and Nathan SSPC before that. So thank you.
1: Yeah, we look forward to continuing that support. Anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. So thank you again for Paul. I'm Jack. We'll
2: see you guys next. Well, in two hey, I'm going to put one last plug in. See you in San Antonio in March at the AMP Conference and Expo. So oh, yeah, uh, we're, things are looking good. We're going to keep COVID away. I have confidence we're going to keep COVID away. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're all going to be together again as an industry. So yep. thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. And so for the Carbonline Tech Service Podcast,
0: I'm Paul. And
1: I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd
0: like, like to thank, thank you for your, for your support. support. Who put the
2: light?